Awesome. Micah, dude, it's 2023. It is. Crazy. We, never, we made it. I know. Never thought we would, <laughs> uh, but it's great. So those of you yeah. that are listening in, uh, Micah is our worship pastor here at NCC. And my name is Miles. I'm the creative and production director here as well. And so, Micah, this past week, man, it was a great start to an awesome series. I'm really excited about it. Uh, The series is called Solid Ground. Yeah. uh, And you kind of took some solid ground on the the very first week and very first message installing. It was was a great message, man. And uh, why don't you tell us, what was your, your scriptural basis for the the message. What was yeah. that? Yeah. So we looked primarily at Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27. I'll, I'll read that for sure. us. Um, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And so when we looked at this week, um, really for the next five weeks, we're kind of trying to figure out how do we really do this? How do we really build our lives on the truth of scripture and the person and work of Jesus. Sure. And so in this illustration, like it, this comes at the tail end of this huge sermon that Jesus lays out for us. And it really, if you're not careful, you can end up seeing this whole sermon that he lays out as this giant list of do's and don'ts, and it can be super overwhelming. Um, but he kind of brings everything in and he goes, hey, so after all this, like what are the things that we really need to be sure of? Yeah. And he comes back to building a house on solid rock. And so we can kind of get this idea that foundation really matters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Like what we build our lives on, the things that we really anchor to, they matter a lot. For sure. I mean, and that's like the metaphor and the general pr- premise of having, you know, if you build on something that is solid, you should be good. If you build yeah. on something that isn't solid, you may be good at first, but you may not realize till way yeah. down the road yeah, yeah. that there's a problem. And so a couple of different things that you had said that kind of like bolstered that premise. Hmm. Uh, so the first thing being, which which is super important. So like, uh, well, let me, let me take two steps back and say, yeah. if I were to look at like the macro, the helicopter view of the way that you approached your message, uh, I think it kind of broke into two major sections. It's like one is, is the Bible worth believing in? Based, based of all, yeah. all the data we have and all yeah. of the proof that we can say that, that Jesus was not only just a man, but he was God in flesh, but then also all of the pieces of scripture and all of the, the scrolls and everything that made it into the book that you can read today. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something worth believing in? Um, and that's the first thing. But then the second thing is that after it is worth believing in, what am I supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what you're yeah. leaning into just now. So you gave honestly a crippling statistic, which I mean, we have to know, yeah. we have to look the enemy in the face to know exactly how to yeah. fight it. Uh, but the big thing is, is like you gave this statistic, uh, and based on what I'm seeing here, was that 53% of mm-hmm. uh, professed Christians would say yeah. that the Bible has its authority. Why don't you talk about that for a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. So that, that statistic comes from a survey that Ligonier Ministries puts out about every two years. They kind of survey what they would call the state of the church, or in this survey, they call it the state of theology. And they take a look at a number of different factors. But for this one, they ask this question of, do we ultimately hold the Bible as our ultimate authority, that it's completely true, that it's more than just myth, that it's more than just a book among with a bunch of other sacred books. And the thing that's like disheartening to me, honestly, is that it says 53% of those surveyed said, it is just a sacred book. Yeah, It contains myth. It's not completely true. And the thing that... that 
if if we were to see that survey and go, this is just like U.S. adults, like this is, right. you know, that kind of a deal. Well, that that might be one thing. Uh-huh. You know, if we're looking at the world and looking at the state of how things are, I I could get there. Um, but when we take that same stat and we put it within the church, yeah, that's the thing that really bugs me. Yeah, like when I, when I first saw it, I, I I kept reading it over and over, going, wait, what what are we talking about here? Um, and I think that's why it's so important when, again, when we're talking about what do we base our life on? Cause there's lots of things that we can base our life on that will fail us. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I could base my life on the accolades of my children and go like, man, everything that is good in my life matters on whether or not my kids do well in school or do mm-hmm. well in you know, dance or whatever they're a part of and base all of my worth and value on how they grow. And what's going to happen is at some point. They're going to grow up and leave my house. Right. And suddenly the foundation that I have built my life upon is no longer there. Yeah. And I'm left in a pretty crappy situation, just honestly. Um, And so, again, is it a good thing for me to care about what goes on in my kids' lives? Absolutely. Like, biblically, I should Mm -hmm. be invested deeply in what's going on in their lives. But is it what I build my life on? Yeah. No. Yeah. It has to come back to this truth that we talked about, that everything that we build the houses of our hearts on, apart from the truth of scripture and the person and work of Jesus, will fail us. Yeah. Right? Like even the very best of things. And what we end up doing is if I if I put my if I build my life on something else, again, like if I build it on my wife Kristen, I'm putting so much undue pressure on her to yeah. be something that she was never created to be, True. to perform in a way she's never created to perform. And if I'm putting that pressure on her, she constantly feels like a failure because yeah. she can't do that. And I constantly feel failed because I'm looking to her to do something that she was never created to be. That's true. And so yeah. the foundation that we build on has to be this truth of scripture. Yeah. It has to be the words of Jesus. And so, I mean, you're wrapping on a lot of things that, that I, I think, whether it's, uh, you could you could blame it on Western culture. Sure. You could blame it on the Western culture influencing the way in which Christianity has shown itself to be. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, you know, you brushing up against like spousal expectations and making yeah. your spouse your God. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things that um I know just from where you grew up and where I grew up and how we were generally raised, at least yeah. our generation, yeah. it's just like, it was very difficult to navigate, you know, how how do I make expectations for my spouse and how mm. does my spouse make expectations for me? And and that kind of bleeds over into how we see coworkers. It bleeds sure. over into how we see friendships. And mm-hmm. it, are, am I making the value system I have on other people uh, equivalent to God? Uh, or am I, you know, basing my joy and happiness mm. off of how they do or don't perform on my right. unwritten expectations. Yeah. And so if anything, like we could go for days on that, but <laughs> we'll save that for another day. But <laughs> yeah. the the big thing that you're getting at, which I'm hearing clearly, which is just that um, this whole idea of building your life on something that is both not sustainable mm-hmm. and not biblical is not something we should seek after. Sure. Um, and so- Well, and it's a yeah. temptation for us. And especially as we're in this series, like we're talking about how do I build my household Mm -hmm. on solid ground? And one of the things that we said on Sunday morning, it's just important to remember when we talk about household, that can be if you are (laughs) husband, wife, two and a half kids, dog named Spot, or if it is... I am a single individual at yeah. any stage of life. It's not the picket fence. Right. right. I hear uh, that. Yeah. J.W. Alexander, he wrote this book called Thoughts on Family Worship. And in there, the way that he defines the household is any and all people living under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Like just sure. basically. Yeah. And so it's if these are the people living in your house, 
they're your household, yeah, that's right? it. it's the household. <laughs> whatever it is. It almost becomes more structural than it is relational. Absolutely. If you're living in a house, that's you. That's you. <laughs> like, you're part of it. Like right, you're yeah. part of this, at least like at bare minimum, it's, it's a community living together. Right. right? Exactly. Like if it's not yeah. blood, it's at least community. In that sure. Level. Um, and so I think the danger that we can have when we're talking about this, when we're talking about households is that we can begin to put all this undue expectation yeah. on the members of our household and on ourselves as we're seeking to build things. And we can begin to look at the wrong things, even if they're good things, we can look at the wrong things or hold the right things in the wrong way. Yeah. And so as we're looking at how do we do this, when t- testing comes, when trial comes, yeah. Who am I putting that weight on? Am I resting it on Jesus or am I resting it on something else? A hundred percent. So kind of springing out of that, um, when we're looking at home household rhythms yeah. and things yeah. like that, you know, let's assume that, that we've, we've broken through the, the hard barrier, which is to say, uh, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And not only is he Lord, but mm-hmm. this Bible, the, the, you know, scripture in which we teach from, read from, and hopefully glean from often in our own independent lives. If, if we believe that's real, that's mm-hmm. legit and we should buy into it. What are some rhythms that we're able to take into our house yeah. to, to take that truth and those, you know, those temptations that you're saying that we have to not do this? What can we do to fight against that? Yeah. So you mentioned five different at home uh, rhythms and yeah. uh, they, they each have their own approachability mm-hmm. and some of them are more challenging than others, yeah. both just on comfort level and experience. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that. What were those sure, five things? Sure. Yeah. So the five things are uh, read, pray, sing, serve, and rest. Mm-hmm. Read, pray, sing, serve, and rest. Um, and these these first three, read, pray, and sing, they actually um, are adapted from a book by Donald Whitney called Family Worship. It's really, really good. Um, and then serve and rest are these additional things. But when, again, when we're trying to figure out, am I building on the right thing? Am I building on solid ground? These rhythms are not meant to be like add-ons to a list of a million things that we all have to do already. Like it is not this legalistic, man, if I don't read, pray, and sing every day in my home, then I'm just out of luck, right? That's not what this is. These are, are rhythms that are meant to kind of fold into everyone's own natural rhythms of home sure, and really help them recenter on Again, the truth of scripture and the person of Jesus. Um, And so I get really excited about this stuff. I've been digging into this for quite a little while. Um, But as we look at this, know that with every household, again, we've talked about how those all look different. These rhythms are going to look different. Mm -hmm. And like these rhythms, again, even though our homes are made up like very similarly, these may look different in your home than they do in my home. And they may look different in, you know, in any household that we name, like there's no picture perfect way that this goes. And that's important to know. Um, but pray or sorry, read, let's start there. Okay. So read, pray, sing, serve, rest. Uh, so read is just reading the scriptures. It's valuing God's word in your home, making sure that there's a time that during the day we open up God's word together and we read it together out loud. Um, and making that a priority in our home. That can be harder than it sounds, sure. right? Uh, that's This is like when I'm sitting at the kitchen table on in the morning, that's typically when we do this in our house. My youngest is like, I'm just ready to go. Like, <laughs> right, give, right, give, right. give me my pancakes and let's get out the door. Like she is, she her brain sometimes, yeah. she just runs everywhere. She's not getting, ready for getting it. Getting the ambient drone music in your kitchen <laughs> right. and prayerful on our knees worship is it's, not it's as not going to happen. Right, no, it's that. not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if we could read a script, like I, I was talking to a, a young mom uh, this past Sunday at NCC. She came up afterward and had this question. She goes, hey, so how do I read scripture with my toddlers and make this yeah, at all? Right. <laughs> yeah, thing. Right. Anything that is worthwhile. And, and I said, well, let's just go back even just the base level of like Genesis one, right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
I said, you don't have to go into like what all the theories about creation, how this all works, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. To your toddlers, what this might look like is, mm-hmm. hey, isn't it cool that God made the world? Right. That also means that God made you and that God loves you and that God has a plan for you, like all out of this one little verse. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be this huge, deep, like no. theological study yeah. into the creation of the world. It can be as simple as, hey, God made stuff. Yeah. And so that means that like when God made you, he had purpose and value. Yeah. And for a toddler, that may be all they walk away with. Yeah. Which um, is a huge point of worship for a massive. child, right? Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Like if a little kid can walk away from a day going, God made me and God loves me. There you go. Unreal. That's awesome. Um, and then prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And now uh, this is one where in my home growing up, this never went well. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, I have this distinct memory of him trying to make this happen in our home where we had these <laughs> times of prayer and we had this ridiculous dog and this is silly, but we had this ridiculous dog that would just start snoring as loud as she possibly could. It was I love terrible. That. I'm kind of like your dog. Right. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we would, my dad would have these times like, okay, we're going to get together as a family and we're going to pray. And the very first time we tried it, like the dog is over in the corner, just like sawing <laughs> logs. That's and, awesome. In my middle school self, I lose it. Like oh, sure. I, I just die <laughs> laughing. I can't contain it. And it's, it's just over. Yeah, like, right. And my dad gets so frustrated. And I don't know that we prayed together a whole lot after that, because every time we tried, <laughs> it, just I just, broke. It, yeah. it was like this trigger thing. I just start laughing about it. And let's be real. Like sometimes in our homes, especially if you have young children in the home, it can feel like that. Yeah. Like pausing and doing this thing where, Hey, we're going to pray about something, but rather than having like a, an, Hey, we all have to stop what we're doing and do this prayer thing. I think it's, it's something different than that because it's trying to find natural rhythms in our homes and ways that we can look at prayer and add it to our rhythms Mm -hmm. in a different way. So let's say that that is, um, you know, one of your kids comes to you and they say, Hey, like dad, I have this bad dream and I'm scared about it rather than just going, Hey, like, it's okay, buddy. Let's go back to bed. It's like, Hey, well, Hey, let's pray. And remember that God is stronger than anything we're afraid of. Yeah. And that honestly, like my wife's better than me in that because what you're saying is like an actual thing that happened in our house. Like uh, my daughter Piper just being able to get more acquainted with how reality is, how give and take, how you can be told no, but it's not the end of the world. All these like kind of things going on. But yeah, she she woke up in the middle of the night and said she had a bad dream. She was able to articulate that, which for us is is great, right? We want our kids to be able Mm -hmm. to not only feel comfortable with telling us, but be able to to explain it in a way that's good. And Hannah being the smart person that she is and, and the very like guided person she is her first thought was to to teach Ty- piper about how prayer is a part of this process mm. to make you feel peace at peace as a kid yeah and i was just like dang not my first reaction it would have been just like oh let's let's like, pat you on the head we're get good, you a cup of back. water and get yeah. gone yeah <laughs> but good. but no she like and that's and that's so true like sure. to just develop a, a healthy understanding of how like practically mm-hmm. The world doesn't like it, it. Absolutely, get on your hands and knees when when the world is collapsing yeah. with you. But to come to God with our our small yeah. is just as valuable as yeah. the large things. And, yeah, nothing's and to too a kid, small for him, right? Yeah. And so that's true. So embedding practical rhythms of prayer. Yeah. So uh, what about the next one? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. read, pray, sing, right? And with when we talk about singing, that this people freak out, especially if you're not like great at music. Um, this is something that we see throughout scripture. It's a common response to who God is and what sure, he's done. When right. God works, it's very common for the people of Israel in the Old Testament to right. respond in song. We have the Psalms, which is literally an entire book of the Bible dedicated to poetry and song. Like song is a big thing to God for mm. whatever reason. It's it's one of the gifts that he has given us and one of the means that he's given us in order to worship him well. 
And so when we talk about this on our individual households, if music is not your thing, let me just talk to those people because <laughs> they're probably the ones that yeah. are most like, nah, I don't know about this. If you love singing, if singing is your thing, this may come far more natural. We don't have to have this long conversation. But if it's not your thing, there's this beautiful thing called a playlist and like all these like <laughs> right. magical streaming services, yeah. right? Like you could pick any song that you wanted to like build my life by passion yeah, sure. is one that we closed with on Sunday. Right. Um, like taking the time to just pull that up mm -hmm. and maybe you read some scripture, you pray and then you go, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to take some time to listen to the song and reflect on what this is teaching me about who God is reflect on, on what it's causing me to sing and say right, right. about who God is. Yeah. Um, so read, pray, sing. And then these last two, uh, serve and rest. These can happen on kind of a more like weekly, monthly basis, yeah. but serve Clearly is ultimately yeah. just as believers. I, I think we all have this understanding, or at least we should, that God has blessed us in order that we should bless others. True. Right. Like it's this this constant nature of who we are as Christians is that we realize that we have received much in the person and work of Jesus. Right. Yeah. And so we should in turn do something. Right. Yeah, do something it. about it. Help others to see him, serve them, do that kind of a thing. And so this may look like going out into your neighborhood or into your workplace and getting to know and see the needs of what's going on around you and hopping in and serving. Um, a really simple way could be to hop in at the North Canton Chapel on any of our volunteer teams. There's always something to do. Mm -hmm. and there's always a way to serve and a way to volunteer. Um, and so it's almost like if there's something God is laying on your heart to yeah. go, hey, is there a way I can serve my local church in this way or serve my local community? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. And so it's just diving into that a little bit deeper. Yeah. And again, bringing your household along with you. Yeah. And not even to to kind of like sure that up too, because like there's like two people that will hear what you're saying. They're like, oh, yeah. on one hand, you know, absolutely, totally with you, Pastor Micah. Let's let's get it. I would love mm -hmm. to be a part of what's happening. And the other people are just like, ah, oh, like, <laughs> I, you know, it's hard for me to see that you're trying to disciple me and encourage me mm. by saying, get in, get in the line and help, help us out. Yeah. Uh, what I would say to that is that just kind of learning and feeling the pulse of what this church is about. Mm. It is like legitimately, we wouldn't call you to serve a pointless effort, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we firmly believe the idea that living in community, but also serving in community is a big part of what helps the body of Christ begin to draw more conclusions back to who Jesus is mm. and what he actually would want to have your life be yeah. about. Yeah. And I feel like so much about the church culture, like not ours ex exclusively, I would feel like everybody really, is that there's so much that we're doing mm. that when people hear us making a call to serve, they kind of tune out. Mm -hmm. And what I would yeah. almost say in agreement with you is just that um, be open to what the Holy Spirit's prompting, prompting you to do. Yeah. I don't think that having a, a counselor, you know, in your body yeah, yeah. and the presence of God within you to push you to say, hey, maybe you should assess your priorities on what you're doing this weekend with this mm. thing that's coming up is a real thing and you probably should listen to it. Yeah. And that's not like taking that old, like guilt you into being a part of what's taking no. place. That's to say like, hey, look, this church loves you mm -hmm. and we would love to have you be a part of loving others. Yeah. Like make it yeah, cyclical, yeah. but well, yeah. And, and I, I can't remember who said it, um, but it's, it's been said that the gospel creates a family that lives on mission together. There you go. That's awesome. Right. And so again, if we know the gospel, if we understand the good news that we've received in Christ, like that means that we are part of a family. And so that local expression of that family is here at NCC. Right. And so what do we do as family? We should live on mission together, Absolutely. whether that is in these walls or outside of these walls. Totally. So, yeah. And, and then, the last one. yeah, the last one is rest. And mm -hmm. we're going to dig into this like 
way deep, way deep dive yeah. uh, this Sunday. It's kind of the last one. And and the reason that we're taking an, an entire Sunday to look at rest, like why wouldn't we just take five weeks and look at each of these rhythms? I think it's ultimately because with these first four, we all kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like even if you're new to church, if you have just mild understanding about who God is, like brand new to the faith, we kind of get these first four. Like they, they at least on the surface make sense to us. But when we talk about rest, I think it's the thing that we all have the most problem with. Um, and the, at the bare minimum, when we talk about Sabbath rest, and we're going to talk about how that's different than just like taking a nap on a couch, oh, yeah. um, that there's, right. there's some more intentionality that goes beyond it. When we look at that, ultimately, it is taking our life and saying, hey, I'm going to take the rhythms that I have and the patterns that are going on. And rather than trying to squeeze God into my rhythms, uh-huh. I'm going to start with, God, what are your rhythms? What have you set apart for me? How do you want me to live? Mm -hmm. And then I'll fit my stuff to your rhythms. But we're real bad at it. Yeah. Like just in general. Admittedly, I'll take that. Dude, I'm bad at it, right? Like I'm getting ready to preach on it. I'm bad at it. Like I got to figure this stuff out in my own life as I'm building this house on this solid ground. Um, But taking this space again to read, pray, sing, serve, and rest. I think if we will take these rhythms and really apply them in our individual households. It helps us to consistently bring our minds back to this thought, am I building on the truth of scripture Mm -hmm. and the person and work of Jesus? Because pretty quickly, if I'm doing any of these things and I I start looking around, it's gonna cause me to like, man, if I'm serving others, I'm gonna realize I'm probably not building my house on something that's gonna fail me. Like if I am taking a whole day to rest, to Mm -hmm. pause, I'm likely not going to do that if I'm building my house on something else, right? And, and all yeah. the way, all the way down the line. Yeah. Um, and so I think they're just really important tools. And we're going to walk back through those actually. So I mentioned it a little bit on Sunday, but we are going to take a deep dive into this in a training course coming mm-hmm. up end of right. February. Um, and so I'm going to lead us through that. It's called As for Me and My House, Embracing Worship Rhythms at Home. I think registration's live for that now. You yep. go to ncchapel.com slash solid ground and mm-hmm. register. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll give the the details on that. So like the registration is a part of it. If uh, We're currently working on details too, but there might be a possibility that yeah. if you're not physically being able to attend that, yeah, you yeah. will be able to participate in the workshop too, just because we believe it's yeah. that valuable. We want to yeah. make sure we can resource you guys with that. So um, all things considered, like looking at this, the one thing I'll say too, and Micah, I'm sure that like with every sentiment you've had with those five rhythms in the home, it is tough to be a person that wants to hit things perfectly and do things right the first time, not have to strike three times only to still strike out. Um, And it's one of those things that I would just encourage anybody that's listening to this, have grace with yourself and with others, especially when Mike is talking about his family life of, uh, you know, when he was younger, his dad trying to take him (laughs) through the paces of praying and it never like feeling super clean. And even to a point of maybe uh, giving up the effort, uh, what I would say based on that is that just like your life with Jesus is a process of being sanctified, growing closer to him, just like that, trying to integrate rhythms that are atypical to what our culture wants you to have and atypical to what, you know, our sinful heart would, you know, originally desire. Like we just have to be like completely straight with ourselves that we're going to try our darndest with Jesus's help and the Holy Spirit guiding. But at the same time too, there is a margin of, of, you have to give yourself some grace. And so um, I would say if that's you, especially, so again, I had a conversation on Sunday and it was a dad, he's got two kids that came and was talking to me. And he goes, man, some, like, we've tried to read the Bible with our kids. We've tried to pray in our home. He's like, it's so hard. Mm. 
and I'm I'm looking at his kiddos and I'm going, man, y'all are they're little. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's what's, gonna be hard. What's the success rate and, for you? Like, and, and so I just tried to encourage him and I said, Hey, you gotta remember, like your kids may not remember every scripture you read. Like and again, households, if you've got little ones, like this is especially for you. Like your kiddos may not remember every single Bible lesson you read. They may not remember all the things that you pray or if you sang these songs together, but what they will remember is that you did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if the principal more is caught than taught, like they Ooh. may be way down the line and go, and have kids of their own one day. You know, if that's something that God has for them, like they'll be sitting there going, man, you know what? I don't remember all the things that mm-hmm. mom or dad or grandma taught me, but I remember that we took time as a family to make a this a priority. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that again, don't be discouraged as you try to implement these things. It's messy. And that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You're going to have one where it goes terribly wrong. And you're going to have a kid that was like me laughing at my dad while he's trying to pray. Right. Because the dog's right. story. It's, right. a dog. <laughs> it's yeah. terrible. Um, but yeah, do, again, don't lose heart. Go after it. Yeah. yeah and it's so, worth it. Yeah. And so kind of capping it all together, like Micah said, it's worth it. Um, you know, it is an effort worth pursuing um, because our kind of bookending point on this is that um, the testing of the, your foundation is going to mm. come. Um, yeah. in, in being a parent, being head of household, being whatever you want to say, if you have some level of influence on making sure that these rhythms of worship make it into your home or these yeah. rhythms of, uh, you know, figuring out what, what foundation are we building on? Um, even if it's one of those things that you may personally not see the impact of the foundation changing, mm-hmm. um, somebody will, uh, yeah. being, being a child of, uh, generations of Christ followers, like it's one of those things that the foundation that was laid for me has taught me mm. what was a priority. Yeah. Uh, like you're saying, um, people will feel that impact. Uh, but then more importantly, when the testing of your foundation comes, you'll be ready for it because mm. it's worth it. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so that being said, uh, guys, if you haven't heard the message from this past week, uh, we would just encourage you to go check out either our sermons uh, portion of our YouTube channel or uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or wherever you might get them. Uh, additionally, to uh, these uh, touch points that we're doing now, we're hoping to take more of a conversational approach, much yeah. like Mike and I this did have today. This has been great. I think so. I think yeah. it's one of our stronger ones, it's right? It's been fun. Uh, so that being said, uh, we've got you know several people coming up in these next few weeks. We've got that's cool. Our uh, family life director, Judy McClintock, as well as uh, Christy Stevens, who heads up our, our women's ministry, Alex Cook, who heads over group life, and Austin Hovermail, who is a high school pastor for our student uh, yeah. ministry. So e- either way, just a robust crowd. Really excited to have them in. And I uh, hope you guys tune into it. This one's been a great one. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.